Welcome to Know Your Foe on Colts.com, an in-depth look at the upcoming matchup. Here are your hosts, Casey Vallier and former Colts wide receiver, Bill Brooks. Well, welcome in to Know Your Foe on Colts.com. I am your host, Casey Vallier, and joined as always by Colts Ring of Honor member, Bill Brooks. The Colts are back at home following back-to-back road games. The opponent this week is the one-loss Philadelphia Eagles, and to get us caught up on all things Eagles, we are joined by Bo Wolf, who covers the Eagles for the Athletic. Bo, thank you so much for the time today. How you doing? Doing very well. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, it's a short turnaround. We had the game on Monday Night Football. They went into that game undefeated and a 10-point favorite over the Commanders, but it looked like some uncharacteristic turnovers, not being able to really get to the Commanders' offense off the field. Seems like they converted a lot of third downs. Clearly the worst game they've played to this point since it was the first game they've lost, but how surprised were you they really couldn't get any positives going for the Eagles on Monday night? Yeah, I think you outlined it well. I mean, it was sort of a case of you knew that this kind of game was going to come eventually. Um, you know, they won the turnover battle in each of their first eight games, which right. is awesome, uh, but feels a little bit unsustainable, right? And so this was the kind of game where a division game, we know those can always be weird. You play a team a second time. Uh, things just didn't go their way. Um, Two fumbles lost, one on a you know on a missed face mask call. There are some things that you can blame, but I think the Eagles internally, I think, are correctly saying that you know it's not anyone else's fault. This was this was their loss, and you pointed to the the run defense and the third down defense that was a major issue in this game, and and they have not been great at that since their rookie first round pick Jordan Davis went on injured reserve two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, and on offense, you know, they didn't get a chance to get into a rhythm, um, and I think that was certainly part of it, and then. End of the game, you get that that sort of funky call on the unnecessary roughness against uh, yeah, Taylor Heineke, right. robs them of a chance to, to go and try to win the game. So just a weird game, I think. Now the NFL, it's all about looking forward, so we'll kind of move on to what we're going to look at here on Sunday with the Colts and Eagles. Big picture, I think it really starts with a guy under center in Jalen Hurts. All kinds of question marks for him heading into the season on whether or not he could be kind of a franchise quarterback. He seems to have kind of quieted all that noise. Can you just talk about how dynamic Jalen Hurts has been? Yeah, he's been awesome um, and better, I think, than anyone, even in the building, um, expected him to be. Um, you know, the way he looked over the summer, I said that if he plays this season like he plays, like he's been playing in training camp and in the preseason, you know, he'll, the Eagles will win the, a, the NFC East and he will be the longtime uh, starter. He'll probably sign a long-term contract. And he's been so much better than, than even I thought he would be. Wow. Um, he has made these huge strides from year one to year two and then year two to year three. And it's hard to sort of divorce that from, uh, okay, well, you add A.J. Brown to the offense. How much of a factor does that make? He's got the best or at least arguably the best offensive line in football. How much does that help? Yeah. But just in terms of what he's been able to do, you know, he has protected the ball very well, which he didn't do his rookie year, um, save for an interception last week on a down throw field or a down field throw. Um, he has been more accurate and more willing to throw between the numbers. Um, his decision-making is really good, and, and you talked about how dynamic he's been. It's been interesting because over the past like four weeks or so, he has not run quite as much um, as he did earlier in the season, but he certainly has that element to his game that not only like is a often third-down savior for the offense, but, but it opens things up for the rest of the running game. Um, you know, the attention that opposing defenses have to pay to pay to what Jalen Hurts can do in the running game means that the holes for Miles Sanders are bigger. The holes for everybody else are bigger. And, uh, you know, he is the biggest reason why they are where they are right now. That's where I want to go right now, uh, Bo, is, you know, Jalen Hurts is a dynamic quarterback, as you mentioned, and is a threat to both passing and running the ball. Can you talk about how 
running back Miles Sanders has benefited from the success of Jalen Hurts' running ability? Yeah, I think, you know, Miles Sanders is in a contract year. Um, so there, there is a lot of, uh, speculation and attention paid upon, you know, whether his, he's going to be with the Eagles long term. But I think the way to look at it is that, you know, Miles Sanders is probably playing in the most running back friendly offense in the league because of the attention paid to Jalen Hurts and because of how good the Eagles are as a run blocking offensive line unit. But I think that this has been the best that, that I've ever seen Miles Sanders play. He's been, more willing to, uh, you know, be, be a one-cut runner and get things up inside. He's been physical. He's been breaking tackles, and he has, um, you know, real game-breaking speed. Like the question of whether they re-sign him is a, is a different question, but in terms of how he's playing, I think that, that Miles Sanders has been uh, playing better than ever. Now, Bo, we know this often the Eagles made the trade for A.J. Brown, who has been a handful for the Colts in the past. What has his addition, along with Devontae Smith, done for the Eagles' passing game this season? Yeah, I mean, you guys know A.J. Brown well, and I think Nick Sirianni talked about this when the Eagles traded for him. Um, you know, it, Howie Roseman comes to the general manager, comes to Nick Sirianni, and is like, hey, like, I think we might have a chance to, to trade for A.J. Brown. Like, let's, let's go through the process. Let's look at the tape. Like, let's watch it. And Sirianni's like, I don't need to watch the tape. <laughs> I went up against this guy two times a year. I don't need to see anything. I know how good he is. Um, and I think that's right. Like, um, I think AJ Brown has enjoyed being here. It's a, you know obviously that Tennessee offense is much more run focused, and so uh, he gets to be a little bit more productive, I think, in this offense than he was there. Um, and he's he's very good friends with Jalen Hurts. I think that has helped. It helps Hurts as well. Um, but you know he's coming off a game in which it looked like he got a little bit banged up and had just one catch for seven yards yeah. uh, against Washington. And so with Dallas Goddard out now um, for the foreseeable future. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, if this is going to be the kind of game where the Eagles really try to pound it on the ground because we don't know how healthy A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are or if they're going to be saying, you know, A.J. Brown has, has done it against this team before. Let's, let's let him eat. Well, that's one of the things I want to dive into. We're talking with Bo Wolf, who covers the Eagles for The Athletic. As we mentioned, Dallas Goddard was placed on IR. That's kind of the first real injury to the skill position players on this Eagles offense. They've pretty, to this point, have been very, very healthy. And we mentioned Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown had a little bit of injury issues on Monday. They all they both finished the game, but they were a little dinged up. So when you look at who's going to take over that spot where Dallas Goddard is, who do you think they will turn to? Yeah, I mean, what, what makes Dallas Goddard so difficult to replace is that he does a little bit of everything. Um, you know, he's such a good blocker that he allows them, uh, and, and such a good route runner, that, that he makes it difficult for the defense to know what's coming. Um, whereas the guys who are going to replace him, uh, Jack Stoll, is much more of a run-blocking tight end, although he's been a little bit more involved in the passing game of late. Uh, Grant Cacatera, a rookie sixth-round pick, is much more of a receiver, not super trusted as a blocker. And then there's Tyree Jackson, um, the former quarterback, who's right. coming off of injured reserve and was activated. And he's an impressive physical specimen. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that he will be a factor in the receiving game. I, I'm also of the opinion that uh, we'll talk about another former Colts. I think that, that this is sort of an opportunity for Zach Pascal yeah. to be yeah. a little bit more involved in the offense because he is a, a trusted blocker. And so if you go 11 personnel with Zach Pascal, there's a little bit of that same dynamic with Goddard where – the opposing defense doesn't really know what's coming. And so I'm expecting that he'll play a little bit more than he has recently. Well, he was a guy that was loved here in Indianapolis. They loved Zach Pascal. Now, flipping over the defensive side of the ball, the Eagles have a great front four. I'm, you can almost say a, a great front six. They have so many guys on that line, whether it's Fletcher Cox or we've seen Hassan Reddick and Hargrave this year. 
But then they made a trade of the deadline to get Robert Quinn, one of the best pass rushers over the last decade. Were you at all surprised by that move? I know we have seen the, the injury to Jordan Davis, but Brandon Graham, all these all these guys there, are you at all surprised by kind of the logjam of guys they have on the defensive front? Yeah, I wasn't surprised by the move because Howie Roseman's MO is, is always to fortify the pass rush. Um, throw numbers at that position, keep guys fresh. This is a team that expects to play you know, into late January, so I think they viewed having – uh, four edge rushers as as an important way to keep everybody healthy, and they yeah. lost their former first-round pick, Derek Barnett, early in the season. Right. So th- that's sort of who he was replacing. Um, the flip side is that you know Robert Quinn has not played very much the right. past three weeks since he's been here. He's only playing about 20-25% of the snaps, and so he has not made a, a major impact yet, um, and I'm, I'm sort of you know waiting for that to happen. But um, in terms of like what they do, it sort of does start in, in run defense, and I'm certainly sure that that's going to be the case this week against Jonathan Taylor, is if they can get you into third and long, that's when they can really attack you. But uh, as we saw against Washington, if they can't do that, then all of a sudden things become a little bit more difficult. Now, Bo, I want to move to the secondary. Darius Slay has come off a Pro Bowl season last year and is tied for second on the team in interceptions this season. How good has he been as a corner for this Eagles defense? He's been awesome. And he and, D- and James Bradbury have been about as good of a cornerback tandem as I yeah. can remember yeah. watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Eagles have not had a great history of cornerback tandem, so that's maybe not saying too much. But Bradbury's been awesome, and Slay has been really good. He's actually coming off probably his worst game of the season. Uh, Terry McLaurin had a pretty big day, and, and for whatever reason, McLaurin has, has gotten the better of Darius Slay a few times in the past. Um, but Darius Slay is, is sort of like... Um, the clown prince of this Eagles team. He's got this really dynamic personality, but he's, he's also, you know, a captain and he, and he leads, um, you know, by being himself and, and is sort of like the, the personality of that defense. The other issue here is, is Avante Maddox, their starting nickel, is also on injured reserve now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles missed him a lot against Washington. Josiah Scott is, is the replacement, um, at nickel and he's okay. But Avante Maddox is, you know, it, it's maybe a little bit surprising because he's sort of short. But uh, he's a big factor in the running game as well, and I think the Eagles missed that too against against Washington. Now, staying with the secondary, this past August, the Eagles traded for C.J. Gardner-Johnson to add to an already strong secondary of Slade, Bradbury, and Epps. What has C.J. brought to this unit? Yeah, he's brought some playmaking, no doubt about it. He had a, an interception against Washington. That's yes. his fifth straight game with an interception. That's he's unreal. got six, which leads the NFL. Um, and some of those have been, you know, He's sort of lucky to be in the right place at the right time. A ball gets tipped or, uh, you know, there's a really good pass rush and the ball floats in the air. Uh, and some of those have been on, on nice reads. And, you know, I think the Eagles made a bet with C.J. Gardner-Johnson that uh, because he was changing positions, uh, you know, he was primarily a nickel in uh, New Orleans, yes. and because he was getting thrown into a new defense right as the start of the season was happening, that he would get better over the course of the season. And, and I think that is still slowly happening. Uh, you know, the interceptions are huge, and that's the most important thing you can do as a defense is turn the ball over. But there have also been some times when he's maybe not in the right position. And so I think it's still a bit of a, a work in progress, but you can't argue with, you know, six interceptions. That's, no, you can't. <laughs> I mean, turnovers are so key, and that is one thing we're seeing here in Indianapolis. They've struggled to get turnovers, and it just makes the game a lot more difficult to give victories. We're talking with Bo Wolf. He covers the Eagles for the Athletic. Final couple things. Former offensive coordinator here in Indianapolis is now the head coach there in Nick Sirianni. And he's kind of hit the ground running. And he led the team to the playoffs last year, started out perfect 8-0 before Monday. What has his short tenure in Philly been so well received in that locker room? Yeah, I think I think the real key is is that he's authentic, um, and I think that's what players respect. Yeah. Um, 
there and there there are two things here, and, and one is one that Sirianni has said, and he talks about like his experience with Keenan Allen in, in uh, San Diego on this front, and he talks about it with I think with Zach Pascal is that all guys really care about is can you get them better, can you make them better, um, and I think he's shown that that he has an ability to do that for them, um, and that's the most important thing. And then you know being your authentic self, uh, you know that his, his introductory press conference was sort of made fun of yes. both uh, in Philadelphia and, and nationally. It was a little bit stilted. I think he was sort of put in a tough position being in an empty auditorium on Zoom, right? That was not ideal, probably. Um, and I think he's grown as a public speaker, but that's not the most important part of being a football coach, right? So um, I think the guys here um, are enjoying uh, the Sirianni experience for, for the most part. Now, for Colts fans who don't get to see too much of the NFC and the Eagles, what are you expecting for Sunday in this game against the Eagles and Colts? Yeah, I think the I think the, the Goddard no Goddard dynamic um, is going to be interesting, and I think maybe it does mean that we see a little bit more of the uh, like late season 2021 Eagles, in which they really really leaned on the running game, um, just because no no Goddard, who knows how banged up AJ Brown is. I think we might see uh, a little bit more of a, a, a turn the clock back game. But the really interesting thing is going to be what they do on defense because they can't really keep doing what they've been doing the past couple of weeks against a, a Colts offense that I would imagine, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine it's going to be pretty run heavy. Yeah. Um, and so they, they signed Linval Joseph off the street today yeah. um, to add to the mix as a, as a nose tackle. You know, he's, a, he's an aging veteran. I don't know how much they're going to expect from him, but they sort of need a big body inside to help them do what they want to do on defense structurally. Um, and, and that's that's what I'm curious about. Like, are they going to really fundamentally change anything up front as opposed to just sort of doing what they've been doing? My, my expectation is this will be, uh, I guess, a run-heavy game on, on both sides. Uh, and maybe that means this is a, the kind of game where Jalen Hurts' legs, which have not been, um, you know, used too much over the past month or so, maybe this is the kind of game where, where he sort of takes over from that capacity. Well, there we go. We'll find out on Sunday. That's Bo Wolf. Covers the Eagles for The Athletic. Bo, thank you so much for the time and enjoy the game. Thanks, guys. The Colts welcome in the 8-1 Philadelphia Eagles to Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday. Next week, the Colts have an extended weekend as they'll play the Steelers on Monday Night Football following the Thanksgiving weekend. And to get us covered on all things Steelers, we're going to talk with Brooke Pryor, who covers the Steelers for ESPN. But this Sunday, Nick Sirianni makes his return to Lucas Oil Stadium as the Colts welcome in the Eagles. For Bill Brooks, I'm Casey Valle. Enjoy the game and go Colts. Go Colts!